to episode 135 of Tactical Crouch. Kick Tripod here, Yiska and Volamel. We're back, and we've got, dude, we've got a month almost of no Overwatch. Just a month. So, let's hope we get some uh, postseason talk going with some of these GMs, with the huge, you know, with the, uh, with the people that now have to start rebuilding, season and all review. that good stuff. It's going to be crazy. Um, sure. Coming at you from... Brand new computer, so if, if production's a little weird and scuffed today, it's because I spent all weekend building this computer. Looks great now, but it was not it was not the most straightforward experience. I literally I wasn't going to build my own. I was gonna just pay somebody a little bit extra, do an all in one, and call it. And um basically like with all the new parts and stuff, I was just like, whatever, I'm just going to do it myself. Cause there's like particular parts I wanted. And so we got it and it's all together, but it was, it was just kind of a pain. I'm just missing the GPU now, boys. And then we're ready to go for Shadowlands or I mean, oh, yeah. nice. Overwatch all day. Overwatch Play, two playing all day. Overwatch. Uh, yeah, but did that, got the whole, like, stream rebranding stuff done, too, this week. So, like, everything's oh, coming yeah. together Good right point. at the same time. And then, yeah. Yiska, how you been, man? You, like, um, contemplative, contemplative? Yeah, no, just, like, uh, like, just thinking about the weekend, uh, where we're going. Like, it, honestly, like from the conclusions like of course i'm more like a person that gets upset at systems but i'm happy that we've arrived at a thing where i'm i can just chill flat as mvp fusion is in the finals soul being there's a little bit bs but come on I like, mean, who else we, was gonna we be can we i mean to be honest perfectly honest i don't think it's like there's there's just this little smidge of okay that's that's also because of a patch but we have seen the ability of this team or a specific mm -hmm. core roster to uh bring it in high pressure situations and this to me feels like the more overwhelming aspect of that their run um mm -hmm. and therefore it doesn't really taint my experience there let's also keep in mind they were actually 12 12 i think in school that's very respectable uh in in a hard region of course you can uh, talk about like okay let's be honest they probably would have at least made play of play-ins this season and then they if the playoff meta would have happened the same one then they would have likely caught the same wind or updraft that they got mm. and would have probably landed in a similar position uh, probabilistically just by how how hard they crushed teams that just couldn't keep up with them so I don't think we're talking about a situation that really feels in any way undeserved for Soul Dynasty. Um, and could have also very likely happened in the Overwatch that was being played under normal circumstances. So I feel good. 
I think we have four great teams. I yeah. think we have the the my like the the little concern for me is what can happen in four weeks. A lot. A lot can happen, Whole my friends. A lot. One thing that can happen is that you got to travel the rope and sit in a hotel room where we don't know what the practice environment is like, while the other teams find out something very different about the meta that could potentially crush you completely. Mm -hmm. That's a concern. Like if if both Asian teams just like just crush the NA teams, I'm going to lie, that won't feel good. I don't think it will happen, but that wouldn't feel good. But we also don't have an alternative. And I'm not going to... No. This, is, this is my caveat for the, for the league and for everyone. I'm committing to this. I'm not going to be salty on the outcome. Whatever happens. This is the best solution they can make at this point in time. Yeah. About like bringing the uh, uh, I parts I together. I can't ask for much more. Yeah. yeah. It's tough. It is tough. And I think, I, I, you know, Yiska, you kind of said it, right? At the end of the day, there's four teams that I think all of us can live with winning the Overwatch League without having to kind of feel like like that pit in the stomach. Like when mm-hmm. when when you saw Justice kind of making a tear, and again, not that they aren't a great team, not that they even weren't one of the best. They might have been um one of the, the best two teams in North America at the time of that bracket. Uh it's just it always sucks. And I think people kind of keep forgetting that you're you're talking about prize pools rewarding an entire season over three weeks of play um and that's like really really crappy uh it's a really crappy feeling so i'm glad we're we're i'm glad we're over it and ultimately i I still like doesn't um is there any additional prize pooling for how uh far people got into the end of season brackets uh not positive i don't think Eric so says yes. Season apparently. So, hmm. um, yes. Seven through twelve. Uh, two hundred fifty k. Ten k for best bracket. Wait, no. Uh, no, we're not talking about the predictions, chat. We're talking about yeah. how if if teams get any extra bonus for their regular season placing or how far they got in the playoffs yeah so does washington a team that um with uh where's the justice here went four and 17 in the regular season including bonus wins did they get extra cash for going deep into the playoffs Mm. dc got 250k that still feels oh that's a that, what are you do? that's a product of I think just kind of league oversight though. And again, I think it's probably something that they had like I don't I don't know if there was a perfect solution given the circumstances. So Yeah, I mean oh. you're always gonna have those those chances that you take, even if you did make the emergency substitute rule for the final four only. Like there's a good chance. Or I I shouldn't comment on how good the chance is, but there is a chance that that team that has the emergency substitutes come in, you know, wins the Overwatch League. And then is that fair? Like, there isn't a perfect solution. Um, this one uh, fell a little flat. I think there's a lot of things. I, I think there's more to this than I think people are really giving credit for. I don't think this is a, a decay coming in. And again, like we've talked about this before. I'm not going to 
continued to kick a dead horse. I think this is like the perfect storm of perfect storms for the justice to, to see this kind of success. So um, I don't, I don't really blame the league too much. I think they, this is just a systematic problem that they, for whatever reason, have a hard time fixing, but I don't know. It's, yeah, it is what it is. I think there's like incredible, like six storylines to look forward to with the grand finals. Like we might have our first like double champions in more ways yeah. than one. You could have yeah. the San Francisco shot coming in, defending their title. You could have the core. Yeah, I guess you could say the core of the London Spitfire coming in with the Soul Dynasty, maybe, cool. you know, regaining their title with a different team. Like there's there's some there's some incredibly colorful and fun stories to, to explore going into Korea. Um, who, who would have thought we'd be here in COVID online, not on land? But we still get, you know, that that same grand finals feeling. Fury, two times champ. That's true. A lot, yep. of, a lot of different uh, ways to to spin this. So it's gonna be fun. It also got academia involved in this uh, entire scenario because, uh, like, people have looked towards uh, Oxford and MIT to once again um, make the argument that profit isn't the goat, using philosophy as well as mathematics to prove them. <laughs> <laughs> like how can you deny it if he wins the Overwatch League again after like this season once more? Are you just going to hang on to Echo and just say, well, he played like that the entire Nah, dude. Yeah, I mean if if he was to win another title with this kind of performance during like this kind of like crazy season, and again, like Profit hasn't had like a bad season by any metrics. Like this he's had still like an incredibly strong performance with Soul. Like Soul as a team might have been on shaky grounds, but it's still profit. Profit's still doing profit things. And yeah, if he's if he's the first two time champion and Soul does the the miracle run, they pull a justice in a way in the final four. Yeah, I, I think it's undeniable. I don't think we'll ever see another player that can do something like that. I still think it's a little like you you have to be an extreme outlier to even like touch what profit can do just period yeah. so like if you were to even if if you can measure up to where he is now i think that would even be surprising so i yeah i think easily the leading candidate i don't i really don't think we'll ever see another player like profit for a long time very shock like i don't think we'll see a team like san francisco for a long time that yeah. that kind mm -hmm. of coalescence of talent coaching good management just oh. a lot of fun stuff coming up a lot of fun stuff yeah for sure well we we do have a lot to talk about today uh so let's go ahead and jump right into everything big thanks to everybody who's hanging out with us today if you like the show uh consider going to patreon.com slash tactical crouch support the show there or you can leave a sub right here at twitch.tv slash kick tripod also make sure that you're subscribed to our youtube youtube.com slash tactical crouch uh, we've got videos going up there. We're going into the off season. So it kind of gets into uh free game as far as the type of content that's going to be coming up to the channel. And you definitely want to be subscribed there. And a uh, big thank you to our patron producers, refined bean, Ferdino pin, battle crab, Kopi, lotion, rex, Zane, audio compass, uh, Kasha 67, Shara, Nathan, your misery, Hunter, Tane, fabled, uh, Steven, Roger B, Owen, Chris, R three, four, 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 Corbjorn, and I listen to the podcast whilst on the toilet and in the shower, thinking of Yiska as well as Peace Camper. 
Thanks so much for supporting the show. Let's talk hey, about Where's what? my favorite name? Where's Blout Blout Crit Blan Blan Blout Crit? Don't careful. Well, it's crit. It's crit. It crits. Crit. Yeah. Critical strike. Yeah. It's uh, everywhere. Or red yeah. paladins. <laughs> um anyways, thanks for uh changing the name so that uh we can use the clean tag this week because Joe apparently can't read it. And uh, it's German. What? I don't know. Oh man. Too I was funny. just reading what you put in front of me. Too funny. All right. Let's talk a little bit about this. We did get another last signing. Uh, and that is, mm. so I, I've actually never heard this pronounced. Is it Casaurus? Yes. Hey, I uh, big thanks to, uh, or not big thanks to Casaurus. <laughs> San Francisco Shock have signed Casaurus as a uh, finals, final four strategist, analyst, whatever uh, you want to call it. And um, I didn't actually know that you could still make. Um, coaching is not on the Coaching. List. I don't think you, you can do whatever you want with staff. I yeah. think that's kind of generally the, the case. I just. Mm -hmm. And it should be, I think. Like, also people need to weird. realize, like, contracts also are very different for coaches and players, and what, like, what kind of guidelines there are, and what coaches have to adhere to, and when things happen, and what the compensations are. This is just way more up in the air than uh, whatever the standard contracts are in Overwatch League. So, um, I think that's also one of the last remaining ways in order to give yourself that little push that you might need. Um, I actually like to talk about that specific pickup. Mm. I wonder how much that also has to do with his general skill set. Because okay, he said he, he's an, a uh, going to be a strategical analyst, and my gut feeling is that they already like that. That team has not a shortage of lack of strategy. Maybe they need variety in strategic strategical thought. But what else he brings to the table is. Um, like the physical aspect of esport with um I'm pretty sure I'm not sure if he's a licensed professional in that um he has a masters of some sort which I forgot which smart people will probably google um but that especially in uh in context to the challenges coming up in the next 4 weeks for this team with travel with being in the confines of uh like I can already see them in a Zoom call, just like, you know, doing the uh, body weight fitness or whatever, um, whatever it takes, right? Like it's it's really hard to maintain uh, good physical and uh, psychological uh, health when you're kept to the same couple of square meters for two weeks while under a high pressure situation. So uh, I wonder how much he will be able to help with that as well. Yeah, I mean, coming from a, a history as a player development coach with the Atlanta Reign and, you know, coaching, you know, a pretty decent uh, European contenders team definitely has the chops to be able to come in and help a team like the Shock, um, you know, iron out some of their, their plays for the Grand Finals. I think there's plenty of time to be able to do so. Um, I guess the, the, the big question just in general with NA teams going to Korea um, is is the practice like is there going to be like you have plenty of time but do you have like the means to be able to practice do you have the means to kind of 
you know, utilize these extra coaches, the fact that they're adding additional help for the playoffs or the grand finals rather makes me think that they have some sort of solution for that or they have that kind of solved or at least have a plan for it. Um, so yeah, uh, it's a, it's a good signing. It's a little surprising if I'm going to be completely honest, not to Kosaurus is uh, dismay, but just just a little weird seeing a kind of coach come in specifically for like a, the last few games of the season. And uh, yeah, I think he's definitely a person that probably could lead a team going forward in 2021. But maybe I mean, Krusty has plans for him, wants to trial him for the grand finals, put him under pressure, see if he, you know, succeeds. If he succeeds, cool. You might have, you know, a good coaching staff uh, piece for, for the next season. If not, then that's maybe, the thing yeah. that there, there is like there's no rest for staff in your watch league really yep. because as soon as the grand finals are over you are knee deep back into rebuilding for next season probably with a with a uh windows opening up and you having to do your homework on these players and getting in early in order to uh get the best new talent and also catch the new free agents and everything and just be on top of your game sure. right a lot happens very early usually in the a lot of important stuff happens early in the uh, transfer window now, like for instance, oh, yeah. the Mayon Bong, uh, Mayon Bong, uh, pickup happened very early. We know this because it was announced very early. Had Boston moved later, I don't see any any way that this player lands with the yep. uprising. Um, so like we, we know the importance of being on the ball, and it's, it's rough. You basically like, yeah, you can't like you win the Overwatch League on Sunday, then you can have a drink. Back to work. Monday, maybe, maybe you're you're tending to your uh hangover on Monday. On Tuesday, you're very likely setting up the next Zoom meeting and talking about the, the next season. And it's rough. Yeah. It is crazy. I think that that's the reason why we have such, you know, developed coaches. I think that's why we have such uh, strong coaching staffs um some obviously stronger than others but yeah uh it's it's to their credit what has built them i think up to be you know as demanded or as uh, as as good as they are but also like you, you they can't work these kinds of hours forever like the we, we talk about player burnout but coaching and, and support staff burnout has to be like stupid um, like just crazy high numbers like if if you know if anybody's interested in kind of g getting a glimpse into that andy miller did an interview with thorin recently where you know he doubles down on a lot of the the conversations that went on with hero pools and kind of giving a glimpse into the shock and talking about how the coaches were pulling 48 hour shifts like 48 hours straight doing you know hero pool prep it's not sustainable really that was in there i didn't yeah. get to listen to it. it's a good interview i mean 48 hours here. straight from if what wow. I remember is correct, yeah, they're pulling like, like, like not a ton of sleep in general. Trying to prep for that. I stuff, haven't, so I haven't heard not... it. I haven't heard it, but it is. Uh, if that's the case, I mean, I would imagine like you would do it in like shifts or something, where it's like, oh, I'm sure there was. Some it's off, just like some people off. You take a nap here, you take a nap there, and then you're back up and and prepping. Like yeah. it's they, they. This is this is not healthy. You can't do this. And that's just the support staff. Like the players, we know what the players have to go through. We know what the, the kind of grind the players have to do. The coaching is almost as worse, if not worse. It's just different. 
it's mm. it's it's it can't it can't work that's that was my whole gripe with hero pools coming into the season was like you are burning these these people yeah not the players not the coaches like yeah, everybody here like yeah, it's just getting torched from both ends they just and didn't want to be like, a pro bad enough i guess yeah <laughs> gotta call up those darn line cooks yeah trim the fat yeah let's trim yeah. the fat here let's get uh only only the strong survive m'lady just get because the people we're... who are just really passionate about Overwatch. <laughs> just because we're on the subject of that interview, didn't he also talk about how the shock is only like sixth, seventh, or eighth in terms of uh, Ross suspending now? Wasn't that part of the I interview? I think also? he mentioned it. Um, he talked about how like they're not even like near the top in terms of like roster spending. Like they're. Yeah. I mean, I think I think in that same breath you mentioned like how they were like. Uh, the Patriots in that way where like they they found their coach and Krusty and like that's kind of like where their investment lies and everybody else is you know mm -hmm. if you want to stay you can stay but you know we're not gonna you know be beholden or 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 keep you keep you in somewhere where you don't want to be like if you have better offers then go for yeah. it kind of with what he alludes to with Sinatra you know yeah Sentinels came in they were gonna pay him way more than he was getting paid on shock and he didn't bother countering like he was just like cool like if that's what you want to do go for it like go get it yeah. yeah seems like they have an incredibly healthy relationship with the players over at NRG and shock and, and all that stuff so mm -hmm. you, have, you have you know obviously Sinatra coming in and cheering on the shock when they win so must must be doing something at least somewhat right doesn't yeah. seem like he's uh um pulling how to, how to say this nicely uh isn't uh isn't shy to be a little ruthless and say like ah well you know gotta iterate here we go let's let's tinker let's yeah. tweak i mean it's it's easy to see how they no longer are because i assume like sinatra probably had one of the fattest uh contract or Early should on, have yeah. the fattest contract on on the shock uh with him leaving the team of course that's a lot of salary just falling through and you're getting far away from the cap I'm not sure if that was true the entire season, um, but yep. may maybe it was. Maybe there's just a gap, investment gap between like the mm. top five and the rest. Um, it makes like it, it's interesting to me because there are very obvious uh, cases that should be ahead of them. Uh, I don't think even fans would have like trouble pointing. Yeah, like okay, we're reading chat: Dallas, NYXL, probably Philly. Probably shock. Uh, sorry, Shanghai. Those think, are all good. Uh, I think if all gladiators, were, probably right. Yeah, that's there. There's some. There's some teams that I think people would be surprised by. By how much their players get paid, and how much? Oh yeah, Chinese teams. Now I'm wondering if we're picking one too many because, like, I'm pretty sure Ch some Chinese teams also are in the top five, uh, sure. other than Shanghai. I mean, it's a good interview. All, all yeah. around around just to kind of sum that up um talks about how twilight you know had a bunch of offers basically said i want to play for crusty like i want to win doesn't yeah. sound like he's he's getting paid that much of a i mean i'm sure he's getting paid what he's worth but is it as crazy that everybody makes it out to seem it doesn't sound like it at least from the verbiage he used um yeah i don't know good interview if you're into you know the business side of things definitely want yeah, to check out some stories about uh steve jobs as well yeah kind of no i i that's that what i saw like that that was yeah, some yeah. cool story i just uh didn't have the time to get to the mm -hmm. juicy overwatch league stuff at the back yeah. but yeah that's 
that like that type of stuff. He recently also had an AMA, mm. and like the stuff that he's saying is is very interesting. Like for instance, talking about how in CDL they don't yet have the creative uh, freedom and to design their jerseys and whatnot, and that hurting in some sense. Um, like they regret leaving League of Legends, for instance, um, to a degree. I think they were also like at least looking a little bit at lck yeah um, they were supposed to be on the ballot they were they were invited to like a i don't know what you want to call it they were invited to kind of like ap- apply for an lck franchise which is obviously mm-hmm. the, the the league of legends champion series and championship series in korea um yeah they he he, he briefly mentions i think Thorin asks him like if uh if you had to pick overwatch or, or league of legends like which would you kind of pick and weirdly enough he said overwatch really if if memory serves me yeah the 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 kind of justification was they still didn't have like the support like structure nor they did, oh, yeah, did yeah. they have any kind they of talked like, about it. yeah yeah they did, like he he goes kind of through it and like it's a little bizarre to kind of think about but obviously i don't know anything yeah i like i only believe that statement <laughs> when this man also has a franchise and in league of legends and then sure whatever like yeah, maybe he's a little biased but yeah i yeah okay i i think he's he's definitely one of the good beans i don't think he's well i, I mean i won't make character statements of course yeah, yeah yeah no that's not what i'm saying i'm i'm saying like uh there has to be some functional bias in order to be one of the top performers in this position so probably um, you got to sell it as well, right? Like you're a sure. salesperson for the league in, in essence, and you're depreciating your asset by uh, undervaluing mm. it, right? So, sure. yeah. Yep. But yeah. Yeah. So that's the stuff with the things. Uh, let's, let's talk about these matches um, because there was a lot of them and there's a lot of really good results. I think a lot to really break down. So, uh, why don't we go ahead? Let's start in. Uh, let's start in NA again. Why not? And um, let's see. Who do we want to hit first? Let's hit uh, Florida Atlanta Rain. Florida. The um, the Rain kind of bow out pretty early and uneventfully. Yep. Uneventfully, I think on that one, a little yep. disappointing, eh? Pretty disappointing. Um, out of all the teams, I think just a general theme this weekend was like the, hmm, like a lack of, of strategy almost not, not lack of strategy, but like the, the kind of almost shyness to the meta, like people weren't as experimental we saw that towards the end with philadelphia fusion which we'll get to which i was super excited about which i'm super excited about going into the finals and and watching their growth in that way but if you look back at the the last show i i wanted to see atlanta be able to kind of like put mayhem on the back foot with multiple compositions they weren't able to do so they just kind of tried to mirror them if we're to believe what uh is out in the public's eye in terms of rumors of like mayhem kind of coming to this, this Winston Reaper somber composition pretty early. Uh, it doesn't seem all that smart. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's disappointing, but I, I didn't see Atlanta going too much farther than that either way. So it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, 
I think Atlanta is probably one of the teams that I think, and they were seventh seed, like mm-hmm. in NA, like it was, I think they probably, if you asked us in the beginning of the season, especially with the split, like, I think we would have expected them to be a top five team for sure. Right. So uh, going into the season, going into the, the season yeah, um, and knowing, think, and knowing that an the divisions were going to split. So that oh, there's sure. going to be like 13 teams or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think, I think if we knew that going into this season, I think there was all, there'd be a lot of power rankings that would probably have Atlanta near the top, near the top five for sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people had Atlanta in the top five, I think even going in just yeah. regardless, like top three. Um, mm. I think a lot of people weren't as high on Philly. If I, if memory serves, yep. Uh, Shanghai definitely wasn't that high for a lot of people. Um, Ooh. NYXL, oh, I think, was a little higher. Um, it's sure. interesting. I have to take a look at that. Uh, I've been trolling Yiska, I think, with our preseason power rankings for the weekend, and he's been loving I'm that. I'm sure so. he's loving that. Loves it. Absolutely. Loves over the moon. it. <sighs> yeah. Really love, basically, like being evaluated on predictions that might as well uh, predict the. And to the be fair, you, CDL franchises. you're 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 not one to run around and boast like, oh, look at my power rankings. No. Blah, blah, blah. Like you're you're not that person. So it isn't just like I get to, you know, gloat when I'm ahead and then, you know, yeah, whine like, and cry when I'm not. And I think he's he's pretty consistent yeah. in that way. I don't, I don't even like want to really talk about like <laughs> it is what it is. Ooh. It's a button. It's a button. Oh, for yeah, it is, it is most it certainly is. a button. Every once in a while, you just got to press it. Just got to press True. it. Uh, yeah, so Atlanta Mayhem. Um, the other one, I think another kind of really one that I think what people, I was hoping was yeah. going to be better. I, I wanted Valiant and Justice to be, you know, like the match of the week, and it wasn't. I think Tell Shock me why. and Fusion. <sighs> It, I think at this point in the week, people were really still trying to figure that out. I really, again, like I wanted Valiant to kind of play the Reaper. And I know they were probably better suited to play the, play like the Ash Tracer. Like they have the players to do that. And like, they look solid doing that. I think just a little bit of strategic depth could put justice. And I, as we saw, did put justice on the back foot, did kind of force them to kind of like adapt to what, you're throwing at them instead of like always leading the conversation off the get-go like you have to answer our comp before we even like look at you weird um and it didn't feel like valiant played up to that i think they had like the leading they had the building blocks to be able to beat them early i just it didn't seem to really kind of uh, come to fruition all that well um i would have loved them to play a little bit more reaper um but you know it happens i don't think there's there's a i don't think there should be uh any any ounce of disappointment from the valiant from the mayhem which we'll get to next match against the justice i think they had a absolute phenomenal season i mean they have plenty of ounces of disappointment in them though i mean there is but like the you you have to kind of keep your head high you guys absolutely killed it this season from all expectations um it, it might suck that you know you feel kind of you know um, cheated is a strong word 
when when you no, have no. to kind of play the justice but yeah I, I as as a whole i think as teams i, I think he both teams both the mayhem and the valiant absolutely phenomenal seasons um showcased good roster building good coaching phenomenal <laughs> player scouting um yeah i i think just two two very bright futures in terms of franchises valiant obviously has been for a long time but you know mayhem really coming into the season and, and kind of shaking up the narrative there so uh yeah i, I there really shouldn't be any kind of um disappointment yeah. on on those teams on those franchises if you're a fan of these teams show them some love these are these are not these are not uh disappointing times these these should be you know seeds for the future this is this is you know sowing the future of these franchises and and i think they've done a fantastic job look at look at all the preseason talk on the valiant look where they finish i think that's phenomenal look at the history of the florida mayhem look at the preseason talk you know on some cases myself included you know was not a big fan of this florida mayhem roster and look where they finish like this is this is phenomenal i think they they absolutely killed it yeah and i see this argument brought up sometimes it's like well, even if the f- mayhem and the the valiant made it into the next round, and then they m- like made it also into the position that uh, justice finished in, sure. they would have likely also lost to Philly. Yeah, well, at the very least, there's a one hundred seventy five thousand G's uh, yeah. difference. Oh, certainly in, in in that right. So, uh, it's like. Also, of course, in terms of the perception and the bragging rights and the things you do it for, right? Mm-hmm. Like you want to hit as high as possible. Yeah. Uh, of course, like, yeah, that, no, you, you can definitely contextualize the season. You can realistically say that the the Valiant were most definitely top five team in uh, the over, uh, in the North American region in yep. 2020. Even, all, all everything aggregated. Uh, mm-hmm. regular season standings, the playoff performances that they had. Um, that same is true for the Florida Mayhem, uh, who definitely also were, which probably also puts them in... Yeah, like, top... They, they would have likely directly qualified for playoffs as well. Oh, yeah. Both, oh, both of them. Um, yep. So, based on the expectations, like, that's, that's something to uh, celebrate. Yes. Now, of oh, course, you're, you're not judging your performance in playoffs by the start of the season, contrasted against it. You're doing it against who you beat last week. Sure. And I can totally see that disappointment uh, from that po- uh, point of view. And um, yeah, uh, of course, it's also, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting, right, Joe? How, how that, hmm. How's that Rotec coming along? Like What? How's that Roadhog coming along in terms of like? I don't know, asshole. Yes, and Philly, right? But and the, shock. the fact that Shanghai picks it up tells you something, right? Right. I I think, and I've I've changed my opinion on it. What he's alluding to is during one of the live, um, what literally the play in. Uh, the start of play-ins, I I was very uh, surprised and disappointed to see this actually being played. Didn't see how this was going to work. Didn't uh, particularly care for it. Um, wasn't sold on it when I watched the Houston Outlaws kind of like fumble around and and 
you know, beat up on the Boston uprising. I needed a little bit more proving and throughout the playoffs I have, it has shown it's merit and does make sense. To, well, it makes a little bit more sense to me. I won't claim to be an expert on it, but mm-hmm. um, it definitely has its merits. It has its uses. I just don't think it's. I, I, I somehow don't think it's the pinnacle of Overwatch. I think it is kind of the sign of the times. I think it's, you know, <sighs> yeah, but what it is, I yeah, think it I mean, is useful. It's not, it is, it is a pretty strategy. It's not pretty at all. It's pig's feet. Yeah. Like it works though. It's effective. The, th- the thing is, is like it's not pretty. Uh, it's likely also, or it's very, very unlikely to be the actual uh, optimal meta composition for what is theoretically playable. And if we were to stay on this patch, let's say for a season, like we did in mm. season one and season two, I think that comp would eventually look very different. Um, it's a. I, I think the appealing part initially was that the barrier of uh, entry in terms of like how far you had it was to very to direct grind yeah and then it also the initial scaling of it as you learn more also works still kind of yep. while like sombra dives need to be way more coordinated against these teams where it feels like the effectiveness of practice like this there would probably be a breakthrough moment where there's just like okay we solved yep. this now and then that we would wouldn't see that again, uh, the, the rotor comp. But mm-hmm. um, like it's it's really hard to reach that threshold uh, of like just being consistently able to beat these compositions to the point where you feel comfortable about it, and when your practice yeah. feels more effective. Otherwise, like a there's an uncertainty uh, character towards like is is the composition that you're putting your time into really worth the investment. And then also, mm. if I see, okay, I actually can pick this up pretty quickly, and I have the better players on all of these heroes, likely, then I'll just play catch up in a week and actually do catch up. Yep. So, hundred percent. Like um, again, I, I think it is effective. I think it is a viable strategy. Um, I, I think there is um, ways around it. Specifically, what we've seen thus far, kind of being able to beat it. I think you. There are. As as kind of annoying it is to eat crow uh, on on one of these points, yeah, there there are some some instances where I think you do just have to mirror it, and you mm-hmm. do just have to kind of play into it. Um, and there is a lot of versatility that you can put onto it. We've seen different looks, whether it be pig's feet, whether it be hog zaria, whether it be hog diva. Like there are some there are some flexible choices. Um, that's kind of where I was headed with justice. Looking forward to to fusion justice. I don't know if you want to speak too much on you know the mayhem justice game. Did you want to kind of is any feelings, any comments again? Like it was, you know, one style beats or versus the other, not too much changing and, you know, justice still continue to roll on. Um, yeah, I don't want to like, I, I'm not sure if, if the game itself was that interesting. Mm. I'm still going back and forth with the uh, interaction that uh, happened on Twitter afterwards with both. I saw uh, Albert had put out like a thread where he kind of like explained his thought process on like the emergency substitution rule and whether or not like that was fair. Um, But I didn't see too much past that. Was there something else that happened? Uh, and Ben Spoont also gave us. Oh, I, by the time I had seen that, it was already. I think it got deleted. Yeah, it it was. Um, okay. So, where do you stand? Like on on one hand, I think it's 
important to raise the issue um, as the rule comes out. Like you should be criticizing systems, not outcomes, uh, because like you have, need to evaluate the, the likely ideally, scenarios that are. Uh, ideally, I would say yes, but I feel like there are some systems that you really don't, you don't know could break so badly until they do. Well, we kind of call, like I think it was announced like Monday. Then we sat down for Crouch and pretty much said exactly the th that thing that that would could happen. Uh, sure. I mean, again, I think, and again, sorry. Like, let me think about this. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. I'm uh, I'm misremembering how that happens. The the rule itself, like the rule itself, we we analyzed the spirit of the rule and thought yep. that was a good idea, yep. and then. Like as the pickup happens, that's when you need to uh, raise the issue. And I think people were then thinking, "Oh well, they're going to crap out anyway, right?" Right, exactly. It doesn't matter. I'm like that's where the inflection happens. You got to call it out then. And then, like, I understand that if you realize too late, you probably don't want to uh, disrupt com the competition by mm -hmm. uh, juicing it up on Doing Twitter. Another tool, yeah, yeah. That's probably not what you do want to do. You want to like time those things and. To that degree, I understood that this um, the frustration sh just kind of bubble up after. Mm. Just, I mean, I, they have to be aware that there's an element of sore loser uh, in those statements. Had, it's there like, has to be, right? Like, uh, I mean, okay, there there doesn't have to be, but I think like I I would I would find it hard not to be, uh, even even if there isn't like it's tough to is it. How do, how do you put this like i mean even no i i don't actually don't know if that's necessarily true like obviously albert you know kind of chimed in on the show and and popped in the chat and, and was was pretty consistent with how he was arguing like i think i, the, I, I think they were both like i remember both christopher and albert being very yeah, surprised about very, the yeah version yeah, of the yeah, rule yeah, that actually yeah. went live and i wonder what's going on there that this can be so miscommunicated between general managers now of course like that that Everything is busy, so maybe it's not actually in the ballpark of the Overwatch League, but like maybe the or it is in the communication in some like weird, like fifty re 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 emails where that thing pops up and it's not a great way to communicate. But like, how do these things so consistently happen? I don't know. I don't know. Like that's, how? I think that's that's one how, of the major criticisms that we've all had. Of the like I'm, is it's the communication, whether to be the teams. Um, looking at hero pools, looking at diffusions rule, looking back like you mentioned before the show, looking at uh, you know the contenders two way player ruling. Like it, it's a consistent trend. Um, and, and I and I want to be fair to the league, but there have been letdowns in that area. And you know I think it's a fair criticism to say like the communication to the public, to the teams, to the players has not been uh, great. Yeah, it's. Uh, and it's also like when it isn't great, it happens in these like historically monumental positions where it's like first yeah. time around it was the first franchise victory of Shanghai Dragons, and I put a like a dampener on that uh, excitement. Mm. Like, imagine if they actually do it without decay and get so far. Like, yeah, you can still think be a little bit salty about the meta falling that way, but it yeah. isn't nearly to the degree. Do you think that shifts the narrative? Because it feels like yeah, they're it, it, for me. Anyway. And I want to get to the justice because I am very confused on like the gift that they've been given in terms of like 
branding and they've just like completely opted out of it. But like, yeah, does that change your view of their 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 kind of playoff narrative, their playoff story? If they don't have to decay, do you think they're a little bit more uh, of a go as far? Story? Yeah. yeah. No, no. Do you like, think like absolutely. the public views it that way, though? I wonder. Um, if you don't get the decay buff, right? Like if you don't get decay Zarya and you still well, you would still far? have to. You have to. Okay. Here's here's my really atrocious analogy that I used before, okay. and it actually doesn't really work that well. Don't overinterpret it, right? Mm. But for me, there were three issues: justice being able to play. Decay being picked up, patch, right? Yeah. Every single one of those in isolation are sort of okay, justifiable in some sense, right? Yeah. Under COVID, under the requirements of novelty in previous seasons, and therefore having an established concept in terms of bringing playoff patches in, whatever you think, right? The thing is, like, it's like the, the, you, you're running to the tram and you really got to get it. And you like you shove the old man just a little bit, and the old man just like goes like, oh, but he catches himself, right? And then the next okay. guy runs up to the tram, really wants to get in, and he hits the old man as well. That's the second rule rule uh, introduced, and the old man is barely standing. You, you he could have made it, and the third comes guy comes along and just like shoves him completely to the ground, and like all three of those rules in conjunction, like the old man wouldn't have fallen without with only two. Okay. It's You're, the, the right. trifecta of these um, yeah. things happening that made the old man fall and also had us You could have done this with like Jenga blocks or like some sort of like harmless toys that has to be beating up on old people. Yeah, that's the problem. Nobody gets hurt. That doesn't really feel that impactful then. <laughs> <laughs> the next analogy is going to be uh, like at the cost of toddlers. So Very prepare. Good. <laughs> Somehow it doesn't. I would not put it past you, but I agree. But I, I think in, in <laughs> yep. Ah, right. That's a show. That's right. a show. No, I I think I agree though. Like it, it isn't just decay. It isn't just the patch. Just the culmination of all these things kind of lining up perfectly to be able to see this. But in that same sense, if you lose one of those, you know, grandfather pushing, you know, attributes, does the narrative shift? Do the fans get a little bit more? lenient to the justice because let's face it like they were not handled politely on social media this was the center composition if we're going to use a league yeah. of legends term here for a moment this was the cheese composition this was you know the the rule bending may you know the justice coming in and just causing mayhem and and upsetting everybody's brackets and ruining everybody's chances and ruining my team's chances like why would why do they get to do this that was the general kind of I mean, mouthfeel of the, the community's perception towards the justice. Does that change if Decay isn't put on this team? This man cannot just... He can't, right, John? Like he, That's yeah, not a every full episode, question. <laughs> that, like every episode, he just brings some vocabulary that's like, come on, man. I'll, I'll explain where that, where that word comes from and why it has common parlance right after the podcast. What word? <sighs> Mouthfeel. Oh yeah, the mouthfeel. The mouthfeel of food. <laughs> right. I I, th I always think of Bob's Burgers when someone says mouthfeel. Right. Exquisite right. mouthfeel. Yeah. Okay. It's maybe crazy. maybe we can uh, save this episode from demonetization. Oh, okay. Um. Uh, yeah, I don't think you get to do that, Mister. I'm a beat up old man. <laughs> and toddlers right. are next. Yeah. Really. <laughs> yeah. I mean. 
Yeah. So, so okay. To, to, to so answer your, question, so your question, does that change? Your, so, yes. So the question it, uh, it is, does. it does? It does change the thing. Yeah, it does. For me anyway. I, gen genuine question. I don't okay, know. Here's, like, I'm here's the thing. We have already demonstrated that people, like for me, I, I don't like playoff patches. I think they're legitimately trash, but I yep. think the public has no problem with them. Generally speaking. Because I don't agree. Like this, this fallacy of like, well, the best team would have to be best in every meta to be best, which is blatantly obviously wrong. Like we already saw the shocking crushed one here all week by yep. Philly Fusion, and had that yep. been the playoff meta, like I'm, I'm more confident that Philly would, uh, would have actually knocked them down into the lower mm. bracket. Mm. Um, then the so second aspect of like, uh, like I think you can legitimately make the argument. So, for instance, I looked at. Um, the strength of schedule of both the Boston Uprising and the um, sure. and the Washington Justice. Now, by virtue of how these um, these strength of schedule were rated, and Eric did them basically like, what's the win percentage of your opponent? If you're an atrocious team, of course you're facing less teams with atrocious win rates. Therefore, the strength of schedule uh, would go up because you're not playing yourself in the league. You kind of are. But the league isn't counting it, of course. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> right? But they actually had uh, some of the uh, hardest uh, strength of schedule this uh, season. Seemingly, like by feel, probably also if you were to account for uh, their own weakness in, in that statistic, right? Um, and then the th third one, I think, yeah, I think the decay pickup rule, like maybe people would have just pushed it off to ah, the framing of it was so sort of weird. Like they should have just said, uh, like in order to give those teams like a last way to boost because it was so hard to pick people up and that's why we can also like justify picking up Decay even mm. for the last regular season matches and not just for the playoffs and then right. every team would have likely also taken the chance for a last update and we would have all, all updated and all of, uh, of it could have been fine it was just mm. like a misframing of the issue that led to the um to an unfortunate situation now we're here, right? right? So, like, in isolation, these things are okay. If you take the decay equation out, I think we can ac accept patches, and I think we can accept that the Washington Justice are in, and if they then make it far, I would have cried, 100%. I can tell you that I would have cried crocodile tears on this podcast. But I think, in general, um, like, it would have been uh, more accepted, or generally accepted i think and that's the thing i think it mitigates a lot of it because it's something that we've been complaining about now for in some cases three seasons right um this yeah. is the third time now that we're done doing it we're not like the the playoff patch discussion and argument and stop yeah. doing this is a three-year-old conversation now yep. um all teams qualifying probably win. I think that it would probably just shift the focus of complaints away from Washington Justice and Decay to either um, everybody qualifying in the first place um, mm. or uh, talking about the playoff patch or talking about the hero pool, uh, whatever, like whatever sure. you want to kind yeah. of like the meta game, you, you know, everything kind of gets put back on the table. But yeah. instead, we had one big. One singular new thing um, mm. that hadn't really been done before, and one specific outlier in 
how that was activated with Washington Justice signing Decay. And so um, yeah. I think that that kind of escalates um, a lot um, of the conversation yeah. and feelings about it. But I don't think by any means that that's like 80% of what was wrong with this, <laughs> with this right. whole year's playoffs. It was just mm-hmm. the, the new, the new thing that was wrong with this year's playoffs. <laughs> mm. yeah. I definitely want to put a pin in, like not the playoff patch discussion because i think like i i can already feel like the tangents brewing mm-hmm. but like looking at like other games and looking at how frequently they change and how like drastically they change their game but at what times like our game changes a lot but it changes in its own way like it, it just keeps changing in front of itself instead of like laterally along with along with like it's it's general movement if that makes any yeah. sense i know like i'm getting real so you mean so you just to take maybe probe you a little bit what you mean yeah. do you mean like we we like okay we have a lot of changes happening throughout the season but yeah. now we have two often comps car- suddenly yes. happening and it's like it's not even like from branch to branch it's just like we got to get on a different tree and yeah stuff that's a whole nother tree yeah. right like it doesn't seem like most games do that, like not in season, but like mm, mm. they have a better idea of like big structural changes versus yeah. just like little, you I, know, buff yes. this, buff that, like minor things, which I don't think would be too big of a problem when coming to playoffs. Like if we were to see like maybe a hero like increase in power a little bit, maybe a hero increase in power here or there, like if we were to be able to like half yeah. the patches almost like it it, it doesn't it, it's it's a big problem it's a it's a problem that i don't even know that blizzard knows how to solve because it's it it one minor change flips the power dynamic of everything it seems like where in other games it doesn't do that so it's like looking at why mm. that might be when we're getting these patches i i yeah. just I mean, was thinking just briefly just thinking about like how league of legends is like redoing their item system it's like wow this is crazy like imagine like whole new items coming to this game like that seems like such an overwatch thing to mm. do and then looking at it being like yeah i guess we we kind of do that sometimes too but we do it like while we're trying to compete and it's just like yeah yeah that's the problem now that's exactly the problem like league has a playoff uh, a world's patch yeah but there is also like it's almost a more palatable. break for everyone to ch- just like sure get in the tune and buy and the I'm sure merits people that aren't they happy about it ba- yeah and it, they aren't and no but a lot of the time, as you said, it's just like, yes, we're maybe climbing up a big branch. Right. We're not reinventing uh, the way League of Legends is being played most of the time, right? Like, of course, if you have like a bottom lane patch where it's like AD carry and support, and then on the world's patch, it's actually two brawlers. That's the problem. That yeah. is actually what sucks. Yes. Um, and there have been like the Juggernaut patch. I'm not going right. to even shoot at which worlds that was, but I do remember like you know, Fiora and Garen and Darius becoming like extremely right. potent in top lane during worlds. And that was kind of leading the meta. And that was like a big uh, contentious point. But it seems like each patch for like these other games, when they come into these big events, like aren't as severe. So why, why do our patches feel so severe? Why are they so severe? Well, I don't know. I can't, I, I'm not going to speculate as to why, but it, it's, it's interesting the dynamic because it, like, yes, we can, we can talk about how our game changes all the time and when boo who us. And then we look at other games, it's like, well, they change quite a lot too. So, like, yeah, what can we learn? What can we like bring over? Is it is it the frequency? Is it where we're pacing these? Is I mean, it the strategy? That, I don't know. I think it's genuinely also by the very inherent nature of this game that interdependencies of heroes are such 
so much more important than Overwatch because we're doing everything together. Yeah. Like, if you change top lane, that yes, that will absolutely change the macro strategy. It will change sure. jungle pathing. It will change how your team fight. But lane aspects of the bottom lane will still largely remain the same or like only change by a couple of percent. While if I'm playing like just with like one or two different characters, depending on what they are, every role changes fundamentally, right? How, how, how we're playing things, right? Mm. Um, like suddenly very different skill sets become, become known, right? And then like, once again, we're talking about the ability of a special skill, right? Special skill is the idea that, for instance, like uh, Olympic archery, um, like competitors, they are at their com competition range so much more accurate at that exact range than if you were to move it like two, even two meters closer to, to the what's mm -hmm. the target because they've trained at that very specific range. Yep. It takes a while to build up that special skill. If you are constantly changing, then there is no muscle memory to be had necessarily in these uh, contexts. Like the muscle memory of Widow is constantly being changed, like uh, basically like moving the, the, the timing of it. And we're doing these changes to a special skill that doesn't let um, like skill meaningfully transition throughout all matters other than the ability to catch, like understand things quickly and filter for that, right? And um, that in itself is, yeah, I mean, it depends on what you like, right? Like, I, I wrote this article about, like, and I think we talked about it last podcast, where it's like, you have these three people in you. You have the, the, the youthful thing that just, like, goes into the world and is just amazed at seeing new things and wants to see new input, new input, show me new ideas. The world is amazing. Everything is new, right? And then there's the the artist that wants to see, like, has seen enough of the world, and therefore really just wants to see a different flavor of it, and wants to see like how people use the things that you know are there in the world, and how they interact, and how the against each other still turns into a beautiful dance. Mm. And then there are the ones that wanted to mean something. Yeah. From start to finish, there's a story we're being told, right? And um, like, I can understand why some people, of course, also with our demographic, just enjoy sure. the novel aspect of, uh, of it mm -hmm. more. Um, but yeah, that's you know, like I, I, there we go. I slapped that toddler a while ago uh, <laughs> and just told it to shut up. I don't care about novelty anymore. Um, that's fair. I also I also just need to say for a second, you can't chastise Joe for using mouthfeel and then say literally two minutes later that you're gonna probe him. <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah, he God said that. Yeah. I just right. I just want to make sure that we're being <sighs> and being Do we start cursing if the is the clean tag is already <laughs> <The> gone? <clean> <laughs> yeah. We're already there, boys. Might yeah. as well. <laughs> All right. I, what, I mean, again, we'll we'll get to that. I think that's a fun topic to explore. Back to John. Let's let's get on with these matches. <laughs> what matches? What matches to. do we still need to talk about? Uh, we still do need to talk about the justice and the fusion. We still need to talk about uh, fusion and shock, and we obviously need to get to Asia as a whole. Let's talk about uh, fusion and shock first. So fusion and shock, I think, 
it w- was definitely the most anticip one of the most anticipated matches I think for in sure. recent memory for a while. Mm. Uh, I think the scoreline um, might be a little bit misleading, but this was a really fun match to watch. Yep, I think it was control. If memory serves me, was was very back and forth. Shock, you know, showing their their championship grit throughout the series. Um, Ons kind of wavering a little bit, but coming alive on Gibraltar with some. Uh, I don't know where he pulls it from, but he just pulls it out every single time. Doesn't matter the hero. I don't care. He's not some sort of widow one trick. Um, he just gets it done. Carpe coming you know, back into the fold, showing or reminding us rather on how clutch he can be. Um, what I thought was going to be, I, th- I mean, I, I believe we got the scoreline right, but what I, what I thought was going to be very one-sided was, was most certainly not. Definitely one of the, the better matches, even this season. Um, as a whole, I think this was was quite the show. Can can I can I pro, propose a thought experiment to you, Joe? Sure. Imagine we're playing ve- no hero pulls, and our meta settles onto either um, yeah, let's say a widow comp, right? Okay. Yeah. And we can play this throughout the entire season. Sure. Is Ans season three Jonak after that season? Yeah. It has to be yep. right. Yep. If if you if we were to be able to see uh, at the same frequency Jonak Zen as we would be able to see Anz's widow, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say it I would think be he's the same. just slaps. I don't think there's a w- widow in the world that like nope. can meaningfully like outpace him uh, over like an, a large aggregate of games. I think he's just the most cracked uh, widow that we've ever yep. seen in the Overwatch League. He 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 forces you to think about your pre-fight in such meticulous detail because he will hit those shots as you approach the the kind of posturing phase of the team fight where you're trying to get to position to attack a position to be able to get to a team fight right like you have to worry about your pathing from spawn door to you know point b it, it he ends these fights before they start. And that was the big theme. That was exactly what was said on this show. Looking back at their last meeting where he pulled off the 56% game, which I think will probably go down as one of the highest um, and, and most statistically dominant performances in Overwatch history. I think, um, I, I mean, not to compare the two, but I think that this is kind of, I want this to be like a, a flu game for Jordan, right? Like this is, this is like this crazy. But you can show this dominance. We talk about and we highlight people for taking over games. This is actual dominance. This is actual, like, imposing your own will on. Yeah, he took it personal. Server. Yeah, you could tell. This is <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, it really is. Give him the ball each and every time. Yeah. He will just end fights yeah. before they start. Like, yeah. if you can, like, think, like, actually think about the statistical outlier that is getting the first kill in a team fight. That's already, like, a good sign of success. Yeah. You get kills before the team fight starts. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't. The kid yeah. doesn't miss. Yeah, no, you don't. It's crazy. You don't, you don't miss though. No. He really doesn't. Like, like I don't. Yeah, I didn't see that cool. stuff coming. Happy, sick, but yeah. like Ons, like uh, he does it every bro. time. We, we would have. We have, would have had a field day. We would have absolutely crowned a new deity if we had a widow made to, yeah. to this. Oh no, yeah. 
very similar. Sure. I, I agree. I think very similar narrative to John Atkins season it's, one. Yeah, that's like <laughs> Korean crack dudes all tatted up. That's at that point you just have to open like yeah. Mount Olympus for those, these guys. Like it's just there's too many there. similarities. Like they're just crushing it. Like ah, oh, god. Damn and then it. to think about, and I know that chat had brought this up with our last discussion with the patches and stuff, but like to think about like. Maybe there's an overwatch where like the main tanks become more like off tanks and this game really does get more FPS focused. Can you imagine the superstar ons is about to be if that becomes a reality? (laughs) Are you kidding me? Yeah. The shot can do it again. They just get gifted another like, I mean, superstar feels like. Downplaying him. The kid puts at 56%, which is, again, unheard of nears it time and time again when the meta allows it i don't know that's the thing chat you gotta understand i agree with you that alarm is the better complete player also in a season that requires flexibility and he has been throughout we are talking about a very specific case where specialists can just match up against the best widows in the world and consistently slap them around at will that's that's the difference that's also the jonak way that's but the metrics by which we crown Jonak, right? Yep. Um, so it's a it's a different game and a different setup. I and again, I totally like the, the what what Alarm did this season is absolutely yeah, that's bonkers, crazy. You can't, you can't deny that. And he also should be winning Rookie of the Year ahead of Sim- Ants simply because Sim- Ants also didn't play as much. I agree. And again, like two 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 points there. With with the comparison to Jonak, we also have to remember that was Jonak's rookie season, like in Overwatch history. Yeah, he was supposed to play an Apex season four with LW. Didn't they? Were they forfeit their spot? They go to New York. They they better prepare for the Overwatch League. That was his rookie debut on like a main stage. I think he did participate in some like third party tournaments with some other teams like earlier on, like 2017, 2018, if memory serves me. But not somebody that was in the public eye very much, especially on like a major yeah. stage. Very similar to Ons in that same light where like, yes, he did compete in contenders, did look good, came in as like a pocket specialist, sure. uh, hit scan specialist. I didn't see that, dude. I, I didn't see that. That, that, that this this player was not in contenders. This this form of player, the style of player. Yeah. There was another point I wanted to bring up and I totally forgot. Uh, oh, um, looking looking at like the undeniability of like alarm and somebody like Fleta, where it's just like you can't take that yeah, away yeah. from them. You can't take away the flexibility that Fleta has shown across his entire career. You can't take away the flexibility no, no. and the dominance that is yeah. alarm across this entire season. Yeah, that's another Ons dimension. Season, like, yeah. you, you can't take away from that, but Ons almost is at that level. I think yeah. probably is just in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't I, get I, to see the dominance that he could put on if the meta <sighs> allowed it. There's plenty of other, you know, weird things that he had to kind of attribute or, or kind of... Yeah, avoid these barriers to dodge and weave around with with hero pools and all the different metas that came with it. But if he was allowed to perform like Jonak did in season one, he he would be talked about in the same way. Yeah, like it's the it's it's just like the filter we have applied this season. We needed a lot of flexibility, therefore people like Fleta and like Alarm shine very bright. If we have a solid meta where it's just hit scan and Ans can play every like every game, mm. then but if you also value like uh, amount of contribution, so how much playtime they had, 
than its aunt, probably. Unless there's some weird function where he just like overheats uh, or sure. whatever, right? But of course, chat, like this, this season is not that. We are filtering for flexibility. And that's yeah. why, rightfully, Flatter deserved MVP this season. Yeah. Because he I does mean, it on uh, every role. Yes, he does yes. it on hit scan and he does it on projectile. And yes. that isn't true for aunts. So that isn't true for a lot of people. True. Yeah. Yeah. No. Very few people, actually. Colorless. Again, like uh, an attribute that you do not assign to just anybody. Very few people, I think, you could actually assign as, as somebody you that, that can just be plug and play into any meta and still be at least above average. I think Fleta is one of those people. I think Prophet, Libero, these kinds of players that have this inherent ability to just be these like little Swiss Army knives and just apply their skill to the game. They're good Overwatch players. Alarm took my vote for a similar reason. Is good at Overwatch. Is good at his role as support. He can play whatever you need him to. He will get good at it. Much in the same way that somebody like a Libero, like a Fleta. Like, kid's been doing it forever. And, and it's, it, I mean, we'll get to him and, and the Dragons and, and the beautiful award that he was given. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I guess the, the question that I was kind of like fighting myself in, in terms of like butting in was, has this game ever stopped being about flexibility? I, I would argue that it hasn't. I've been yeah. on since, oh, I'd have to look. Like, what do you mean by flexibility? This game has always, and at least in my summation, has always been a test of how flexible you can be. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you have the the pocket specialist is good. The flexible player, the truly flexible player, is great. That's the players you need to keep. You need to be able to kind of build around. Those are the hmm. players that you want because the game is so flippant, and you know one patch can change this, and now you have a roadhog, and now you have you know no main tanks, and now you have one support. And now we have roll lock. It's just like if the game, if this is going to be the game that we're playing, it's not about how good you are at one or two things. You need to be wide. You don't need to be tall. You need to have your, your eggs in a ton of different baskets. You need to be able to be the flood the libero, the alarm. And I feel like the game, at least in my eyes, has always been that. I think, yeah. it, I think it's interesting. I mean, I, I don't disagree. And even if I did, I wouldn't be smart enough to actually have a functional <laughs> disagreement with it. Uh, I do think that there are scenarios, though, in which case the specialists make the really well-rounded players better. Um, sure. And, uh, you know, you need a certain person with a certain depth at a certain hero um, in order to let people uh, like a prophet or whoever, uh, you know, sure. be able to, uh, kind of stay, stay flexible and be able to, um, you know, become that ever molding puzzle piece. Right. Mm. Um, but like, I think, yeah, I think I largely agree. And I also think that that flexibility also, I think kind of zooms out a little bit to the flexibility of, of the team roster as a whole, right? Like, sure. hundred percent. You, you've definitely had teams built, uh, to only operate in a certain way in the past. And it has uh, hurt them in the long run as, as soon as the way that they were built is no longer conducive mm -hmm. with how the game is currently being played. Yep. I just looked it up. It's, it's kind of interesting. Um, 
Like I remember having that argument way back in 2017 of versatility versus specialization, right? Yep, yep. And I found a tweet of mine saying, first round of versatility versus specialization goes to versatility right now. The concept of project DPS is becoming increasingly blurred. Just playing one uh, main tank or one support doesn't work at the moment. Playing Tracer only for an entire map is rare. And then uh, another tweet in 2018, round two, is also in favor of versatility, much more strategical diversity, and high amount of different hero picks across the board. Keep in mind in which season I'm saying this. This is season one, right? Like, <laughs> um, granted, did you get a sassy reply one. to that tweet? Um, was it from like Captain Planet or something like that? Where it was like, uh, yeah, tweeted on the only weekend where like everybody played exclusively Tracer or something dumb like that, or not dumb, uh, but like something funny like that. Yeah, if he did, I, c I can't remember and I can't, I can't find and it. I don't want to put that on uh, Captain Planet if it was. But like, it was it was somebody like that that was just like, they were a community figure and it was, it might have been like ZP or somebody. Um, mm. But it was just, I, I think I remember a sassy response to that tweet. Uh, oh, at I, one point. I just lost like 50 IQ from, from then till now. I'm le reading these things and I'm like, just like, damn. I wouldn't you know what to change to write this now. Like, look, read, read this. Um, the war of specialization versus versatility still wages, and it did for season one playoff as as it does for uh, in contenders right now. It shapes up to be the perennial question about the fundamental nature of Overwatch, its pets, patch cycles, uh, and their announcement and tournament structures. Is that some Nestradamus type stuff going on? Patch cycles, their announcements, and tournament structures. Perennial question. My two brain cells barely can comprehend what I meant there. God damn it. You know what's changed? What? This podcast. It's made you dumber. <laughs> no. It's made you dumber. <sighs> I was still... It was before people slid into my DMs and said I should be less verbose, arrogant, and... Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. And since then, I haven't grown one bit. Thank you for the advice, guys. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, so Shock all that Fusion. to say, Shock Fusion was a good game. It was a Billy good game. Justice, though. Let's, so let's talk. This is honestly the match that I think I cared about the most this weekend. Um, mm. Philly Justice. So... You've got this. Uh, you got this Washington Justice Justice team that has a ton of momentum. I think the question going in for the Justices oh, yeah. were they able to repeat the results from the week before, and if so, just where uh, does the buck stop? And it decisively stopped with the Philadelphia yep. Fusion. Why? And, and and they were finally questioned. They were they were asked the questions. The justice weren't the one leading the discussion. Look at all of these games. Look at what I was talking about with Atlanta. Look at what I was talking about with Florida. What happened with Philadelphia? Philadelphia came out and started asking the questions. Hey, do you know what to do? And if I actually like force you to like think about the composition that you're playing, what happens if you have to adapt? Can you? The answer was no. Decay shows up on Roadhog. Is not the Zarya that we saw. Johnny putting, you know, a, a solid performance out on Diva, but this this team was lost. They had no clue what to do when they were the ones on the back foot. This was a a a a complete dismantling. And what I've what I was waiting for, what I was hoping for, because I was, you know, I walked into Yiscord. I would walked into these these, you know, these 
uh, live rewatchings or watch togethers, whatever you want to call them. I'm, the word escapes me. You know, talking about how the Justice were going to Korea. They're, they did it. Like, they're going. Like, I don't see the, the Philly Fusion beating them. Now, was I hedging my bets and being excited either way of the victor, either being right or seeing Justice lose in Philadelphia, the, the kind of rightful uh, team go, getting to go to Korea? Sure. Like, it's a win-win for me in that scenario. Right? Was I doing that? A little bit. But the feeling was still the same. Like, I, nobody was asking the, the Justice any questions. Nobody was challenging them. They were just trying to adapt to the justice. It felt like Fusion ended this game and was entirely proactive. And that's, mm. and we'll get to this at the end of the show, makes me super interested for their performance coming into Grand Finals. These, this is the team that feels the, the most versatile in both kind of schools of thought, whether it be the Winston compositions where they look extremely like well thought out, well, well versed, very coordinated. And on top of these hog compositions, they look like they could go either way with these. Maybe they go both ways. That's the scary thought. It doesn't seem like the Shocker that well versed in this hog comp. They're very good at like the Winston stuff. It doesn't seem like their hog style is all that there. Soul in some sense, like they only seem like a hog team. They almost kind of mirror the justice in like a weird way, like in a different way, but similarly in that kind of school of thought. And then you've got Shanghai who, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I don't know that the shock struggle that much with with soul i don't know like it seems like asia is a little behind it doesn't look like shanghai is that clean right now i don't know why that is they they have that championship caliber but they don't seem strong either way but then you look at the philadelphia fusion who if we're going to agree or if you're agreeable to the idea that the justice were the best hog team maybe in the world or maybe just a top team in the world if you're able to kind of match them, kind of tailor strategies to them while also being proactive in your own strategy, I think that's incredibly scary as a top four team. Philly has a good shot as just continuing their trajectory across all the monthly tournaments and just perhaps taking the, the, the 2020 title with this showing. Maybe, maybe that's recency bias on my end, but that's, that's the vibe I got. You know? Yeah, probably true. Um, the thing is, this this break is a real are we off, randomizer uh, of all of this. 100%. I agree. Are we off match recaps again? Uh, a little bit. Are we, go- are we bit. going there? Are we going? All right. Let's go. Let's talk about the break. No, like, that, that's... Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're right. sort of stealing topics from Wednesday, I suppose. But, like... Uh, depending on what that will look like, but like, um, yeah, the, I, I I wonder how much the status quo will matter. Sure, um, yeah, things could most certainly change. A lot of the, the the feeling from the playoffs and even some of the playoff matches drastically will will change. Uh, the meta could change. You know how how strong Shanghai looks, um, how versatile. Maybe this is just an overperformance in Philly. Maybe maybe they don't have. They, they can't call upon the same kind of, you know, performance each and every time. I, I would struggle to find arguments to uh, dismiss or support that. But, you know, it has to be a, a discussion point. Like, it is true. It's tough to be able to pull that out. A month's time is a long time. But, yeah, to be able to put the justice on the back foot to kind of cap off that as we move on, I, th- I think was, was very... Um, 
it's surprising on uh, at least in my eyes and just uh good to see I'm, I'm glad that somebody was able to start to lead the discussion if i'm going to return to that metaphor yeah looked good philly looked very very good cool well let's go let's go over to the asia side then and we will right. uh chat about do 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 um Okay, where, where are all these games? So we had uh, Soul Dynasty versus Shanghai Dragons goes to five maps. Mm. Like, that's a pretty good one to... Yeah. This is up. where I get concerned. I'm a Shanghai fan. Right. I don't think Soul... Like, okay. We can talk about how good, you know, profit and gesture are in, in playoff scenarios. And they are like, I think it's undeniable. Um, you look at their history, look at how successful they are when, when put in high pressure situations, they, they, they really come and play up to their opponent, right? They're like, they're big game players to that degree though. I am not big on the, 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 cleanliness or the cohesion that soul has put forward i think they generally have gotten away with a lot i don't believe that shanghai has the best read that could change in a month but in this match i think that's that's kind of what we saw it did not feel like shanghai was leading the tempo of the game and it really felt like gesture was able to take a a, a fist and just elbow deep into these maps and just punch a hole consistently leading fights consistently at, like forcing their tempo shanghai playing the comp that they were and having to mirror it at some point like i don't know it, it, i'm just not i'm not sold as of right now on on shanghai i really question if they can do it against a team like philadelphia like a team if if shock pulls together their own hall composition looks solid on it i don't know if shanghai can adapt I would, I would assume they could, right? This is the team that has led Asia all season long. A month is an incredibly long time. I would imagine that they would be able to uh, shore up these weaknesses. But if I'm looking at this match as a piece of evidence to support, hey, maybe Shanghai, maybe, maybe, maybe we will see a North American champion. I don't know. I would look at this. I would say, Shanghai, I don't know. They're, they're, they don't seem to have the best read. And it doesn't seem like they've had the the, the best read for a while because you, you recall that New York game. It's they don't messy. need to. They don't need to, Joe. What will happen is we're going to sit in that soup that is the uh, South Korean scrim bubble over the next couple of months where okay. contenders teams will pick up a, f a, a few things from one team. Mm -hmm. will then transport that knowledge by osmosis and I'd be very interested if like more than like a map type specialized strategy would remain as like uh like individualized strategies i don't think we will in four weeks still have meta compositions that are so fundamentally different i think by the virtue of how practice will go okay and how small the pool of practice teams is that knowledge will travel and we're going to see mostly similar Overwatch with like, you know, like the great bamboozle type one-off plays. 
sure. maybe for one or, or two maps. I don't know. Per team. I think. Now, also, we're no longer like making stuff up on the fly, I, I, I think, in terms yeah. of... I, I we are now we have done versatility the entire season, and now we're getting into specialization again for the home stretch. See, I don't know. I I think this this is very. Uh, I get the same kind of feeling. I get the echoes from last season where we, there was two schools of thought. You did need to be very versatile, and there was one team that was not versatile in the finals, and that was the Vancouver Titans. You had the shock being able to play the Bastion compositions, being able to play the double shield with the Doomfist in the May. That was the boon that kind of not was the only reason, obviously, but positioned them to be able to win. I think that is very, at least in my eyes, um, mirrored itself with these playoffs, with the, the final four. You have the hog composition that has been proven, that has been tested, that is a viable composition that you should be able to know how to play, at least know how to beat that kind of thing. And then you have the Winston Reaper, the Winston, you know, Tracer. Like there, this is a question of versatility. In my eyes, and it still is. I don't like. You have to be able to play it all, and I and I, I I honestly do believe there are certain teams that like if we're doing the bar chart thing again, there are teams that do not hit that bar in terms of like you know how to play this. Yes, a month's time, maybe they can get to that acceptable point, and maybe they can play it all. But I, I don't think it's up to the the same degree as other teams. How these styles clash, that's something we're gonna have to wait and see. But yeah, I don't maybe maybe it's a semantics thing. Maybe maybe we're just kind of arguing in circles in that point. But Shanghai has the potential to. Seoul has the potential to in a in a lower degree, but I I don't know. I don't know. I did not particularly uh or, or rather this match did not uh, was not a vote of confidence for Shanghai. I think they squeaking by a team like Seoul, who aren't a bad team by any stretch of the imagination, squeaking by a team like that has me a little concerned. Has me a little concerned for the Final Four. Can I, can I just flank in with a complete tangent that's sort of like a PSA? Go for it. Jeff Kaplan just uh, had a developer update about the Tracer comic, and in it his oh. face can be seen. And we're getting Santa for Christmas. Jesus Christ, has he grown his beard out? Uh -huh. And he looks like Gray Man. <laughs> wow. Thank you for that. Yeah. That means surely if he's Santa, then he has to bring some gifts, right? Is that how it works? What does that mean, Jessica? Are you telling me that there's going to be a I don't final war patch? I'm still slapping toddlers. Don't ask me about any other analogies. Jesus. Oh my god, I hope that's not the case. I hope Santa doesn't have any gifts for us until December. Stay the gifts, Santa and Jeff. Uh, we're going to there. have that talk this, this Stay year. the gifts, Jeff. You uh, keep we, them. We're going to talk on this December. about this podcast about that. I can't and... hear you. No, don't tell me. <sighs> wow, breathe yeah, really but... loud into the to be right that's the mood right now that's mentally where i am right now <laughs> well okay so to calm to calm wherever that might take you we can talk about and obviously you know leaving shanghai we can talk about flood and the mvp vote something that oh, yeah. you know is very calming very right. you know, centering very manages my emotions mm. well flood mvp how are we feeling chat we like that we like that chat i like it 
Yeah, I like it a lot. We were talking, obviously, once the award was announced, looking at, you know, what skin he might get. Obviously, people had their opinions. I particularly don't really care for an Echo skin, but I obviously, I think it's the best uh, hero to kind of uh, position him on. Uh, obviously, an ode, a light ode, rather, to, to Yiska and the deadlifting analogy. I'd love to see, like, maybe a Farah skin where he's like, you know, it's like a I might stop crying lifter. if that happens, dude. That'd be cool. I might stop crying. That'd be, that would be so much cool. Deserved. Yeah. Would it get you to play Overwatch? I, I don't, don't think that should be it because I don't think that uh, that. I mean, what else do you permanent. like? Yeah, maybe there's something in the Korean scene that's more maybe, dear to yeah. his heart, and he gets to, sure. of course, like the like, have sure. a large uh, amount of de dedication or like mm -hmm. uh, creative input, and I'm sure he will m find something that vibes with him. So, but like, yeah, that would be dope. Yeah. Yep. 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 I think I think it's well deserved. I think it's crazy to to see you know the kid that. Couldn't win a, a, a game for his life. No matter how hard this kid tried, couldn't get his team across the line. Now is the regular season MVP of the Overwatch League. Like what a what a career. What a story. Dude, this like, entire season is just like so full of just like young people chasing yeah. it and getting it. Yeah. Like, like in Makes a time of total hardship yeah. and like adversity and conflict there's just like these dudes that just like by playing video games just implicitly show you that it's possible mm -hmm. and like i'm sitting here in my early to mid 30s just thinking this kid is 19 years old and he, like he he basically should have a shrine on my in my yeah. living room right like it's it's amazing yeah yep uh, what a cool well, story well deserved what a fuck what a fantastic story um yeah i i think a, a fantastic vote not my vote but uh, i will i will gladly take that um absolute absolute fantastic that flutter is our 2020 regular season mvp yeah um and this the the, the or how do we call that not the strength, but like the magnitude by which he did, like the 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 amount of people that voted for him is crazy. To have it was decisive twice as much as the second guy oh, was it by really the decisive. It was really decisive, yeah. According oh. to Sir John Spector on Twitter, wow. like that wasn't the season to be decisive. And I feel to a degree yeah. that the decisiveness of it is maybe a little bit over uh, overemphasized. Nevertheless, I like I picked Flutter for my MVP, and sure. I firmly believe that he was uh, the MVP of the season, simply mm -hmm. because there were no DPS players to that degree that contributed as much. Never looked off on a single hero uh, for more than maybe a match. Like did it on the wide range. He played twenty-one hours out of the twenty-three hours that the Shanghai Dragons yep. played uh, this year. That's unprecedented in terms of that level of play. Like, keep in mind, he is possibly on the best team in the world and is doing that and is sure. winning titles while doing that. And he plays everything while doing that. And DM is behind him. Yes, and he's still that's playing ahead of him, right? Mm -hmm. And then Ding is behind him, and he's still still uh, on these heroes. Like he's re displacing. Uh, the, some of the best specialists in the world on his yep. like third or fourth pick. He's yep. crazy. Yep. And while, while like everyone else also like 
for instance, five minutes before I started writing that piece and got done with research, I like had all my notes and I'm like give a little points and reevaluate it and like wrong yeah, like alarm like void and it's just like five minutes beforehand I was sure I was going to write about void that day, and then I just looked at the facts and just went, nah, dude, like. Void, yes, amazing season. Also, versatility required, not to the degree that uh, Flutter had to do it on, and the consistency with which he achieved it in. So, you got you got to give it to him. Uh, I think completely deserved. I was a little um, scared that this might go into a different direction, and uh, but yeah, I mean the fact that in a season where it's it was. But we legitimately had like at least eight candidates that all would have absolutely sure. like I would have been happy okay, with. right? Where yep. everyone just has this five percent more or ten percent more in, in mind about how Flatter performed. Like that that then aggregates to like that landslide of a victory is crazy. And just speaks to the uh, volume. Of course, there's also a little bit of the narrative payoff of it all, right? Mm -hmm. oh, it's like, it's also probably that he did plays DPS and is therefore louder, but like at the end of the day, you gotta do it on these heroes, and he definitely deserved it, as Void would have deserved it, as mm -hmm. Krong would have deserved it, as Alarm would have Alarm. deserved it, and all the others, right? Yep, yep. I think it's been I, I, I think it's been a fantastic season, um, all things considered. Uh, to your point, though, like People, you can you can kind of spin this however you want with Flutter. I think there there are some holes to poke. Um, I I not unhappy with this decision at all. I'm very excited to see him. I I think he's a great candidate. I think he deserves to be um, given this award. But but to your point, looking at the simple fact that there are a there are a world class DPS line behind him, being Ding DM who easily could go to any team in the Overwatch League and probably improve 90% of them. And he plays above them every match. That, that, should, that should say enough to somebody who may look at this and, and scoff or, or question or, or raise an eyebrow. He, he's not just performing well on heroes. He's performing better than world-class players on heroes that they are known for. What do you do? How do you how do you beat that? Yeah, that's that's five hundred thousand votes right there. Apparently, it's it's beautiful. Like he comes into the league in season one, and you think he might just be the best player in the world based on the performance that they had at uh, at that cup, Soul Cup. Was it? Soul yeah, I'm not sure yep. what it was called. Yeah. Yep. And he is for the first month. To be fair, like he just crushes, and then like his team just once again like. Captain of the Red Lantern, as you coined him, just like sails away, still like chopping away, still putting up great numbers, but like it, it doesn't matter. Sticks around for a second season, not too much changes. Once again, a disappointment. It's just like get off his back, dude. And then finally, finally in season three, some like a team forms around him. Yeah. And it's like, ugh. It's so beautiful. Like so everything comes together. He has an exciting mix of rookies, like super talented rookies and like known players with similarly great uh, redemption arcs, such as Fearless yeah. around him. Sure. And fantastic show. 
like that entire that entire Shanghai roster has such a mythological feel it to it. Like if they win the season, I swear to God, we can absolutely craft something out of it that comes close to Rise, just yep. based on the storylines that we've seen there. Yep. It's that level of just like outstanding performance that we are witnessing. 100%. Mm -hmm. No doubt in my mind. I think there's a lot of a lot of potential with the awards. I think this just showcases, you know, once again that that the awards there's there's a lot of a lot of weight to them that can mean a lot to people. A lot of you know uh, weight should be put on these, um, and I'm sure we'll we'll get to the rest of the awards. But uh, yeah, Fleta, much deserved, fantastic uh, career achievement, and uh, yeah, excited yeah. to see him. Uh, Clap some cheeks, hopefully, in the uh, the playoffs or the grand finals, rather. So there is one more thing I want to talk about before we uh, put a bow on this episode, yes. and that is uh, the NYXL do fall one win short of going to the top four. They three zero Guangzhou yep. before getting swept by Seoul. Um, close one. They Nobody they almost sell. made me, they almost made me believe after seeing uh, after they. <laughs> 3 0 Guangzhou. Big, big old L on uh, my head. I gosh. Yeah. Uh, we, we ended last show talking about, oh, it could be anybody. Like, oh, we don't know. Like, uh, it very clearly, apparently, it was so. Like, just. Yeah. I, I remember, like, it before the, uh, the playoffs started, where, like, we had to talk about which team could be the dark horse in Asia. Sure. And it had, like, for me, it had to be so. Like, sure. It's like that just by the makeup of that team it just makes sense and of course mm -hmm. like yeah the meta helped uh as we talked about in the very beginning of the show but like yeah there's just something about the property of that of the characters on that team just that just come together for these and it wasn't to be fair it wasn't necessarily seen uh, in season two um but yeah no. yeah like it's it's still a it's a, still a pretty cool story to just witness based on um, the possibility of a repeat victory for some of these people uh, on that team. And I'm also like one of the, my favorite parts of the playoffs is that Fitz seems to finally cash in on the scrim bucks on the scrim bucks that uh, oh. we got from him in the preseason. Like, People were telling me the most crazy things where it's just like, like he basically has, he basically was described to me as aunts. Let's say that. And like he has reached a level where that argument becomes more feasible. Of course, aunts does it like over half a year. Yep. Fitz has now started doing it in playoffs. I think like he that. probably had a, a peak maybe in the main melee with their win. I think he definitely like performed well it's just been it hasn't been this consistent thing it seems like he has these peaks and valleys or very very high peaks and just kind of like average you know maybe above average valley um i don't know I, I i am excited to see soul i think they definitely have potential i like their composition um i'm not slapping toddlers personally i'm a fan of novelty um when it's warranted um, and yeah, I, I like the the style that Soul brings. I think it's you know I, I take a, a page out of MMA's book. I think the styles make the fights, and uh, seeing Soul bring a different style and, and battling these teams is really gonna you know make Grand Finals in in my my eyes super super interesting. 
I will be the curmudgeon, however, and uh, talk about the other side of that coin. Look at the NYXL. Uh, I don't know if anybody else watched that match, but uh, what happened? Anybody home? The lights were on. NYXL camp. Hello. Nobody. Are we breathing? Like, yeah. Uh, just disappointing. It is, but nobody say that CH word. Just, I can't hear it anymore, dude. CH. Chokers. Oh, yeah, no. It's not, I, it's not a choke, dude. Oh. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know that. It's an SB. It's an SB? An SBB? No, no. It's an SB. It's a sandbag. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. Sandbag for 2021, guys. Like, don't worry. We'll, we'll get them next year. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they want to keep the buyouts for their uh, players lower. Um, uh, you know, keep them okay. out of the top four, and then they're not going to have to pay like as much to resign. Good, I like it. No, I think I think um, a, a word to any fans. Again, speculation on my end. I think 2021 is going to be ruthless. Capital R. I don't know why I struggled to find the first. <laughs> had to look wait. for that one for a second. I'm like, wait, is I, it? Yeah, it uh, is. Uh, New York. I don't see New York remaining the same at all. I was going to say, this I is think. a team that I think last yeah, time we I was saw so on the same dude. I was so high. I smoked have, the NYXL blunt so hot in the preseason. <laughs> when you have this kind of collection of talent, and again, it is it is no disappointment this season has been as chaotic as it gets. One of the most chaotic seasons, I'd say. It is it is nobody's fault, but expectations have not met reality. This team is a title contending team. There's mm -hmm. something that keeps there I don't know what it is. I'm not gonna speculate on what it is, but yeah. I think it's very clear like they cannot break past that plateau. They get to it. They, they, they can meet it quite often. That's yeah. why they're the easily the most consistent franchise across Overwatch yes. League history across these three years. Right? They, for whatever reason, have a hard time breaking past that point. Yeah. So something has to change. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, fantastic players leave this franchise. I think you're going to see some players retire from the game. It's, it's not going to be a fun day, but I think it's one of those like wildfire scenarios. And, and this isn't, you know, maybe this isn't reading the room with what's going on in California, but something has to die so other things can lift. Right. Like it, sometimes you have to kind of uh, dig up the crops, mulch them down to, to fertilize the other ones. I think New York is going to go through an upheaval in 2021 and we'll see what happens. I, I well, we will see what happens, and if they don't, I I really wonder what what uh, what this franchise looks like going forward. I I don't think they'll they'll be bad, but again, is is that what you're looking for? Is that what you're looking for? You can contend for titles. You should be able to. You have that potential. It's undoubtable, undeniable. But you can't get there. Why? Why is that? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there there are some intangible effects in this league that are just so hard to discern if you're not in the middle of the team. Sure. And maybe 100%. even if you are. Right. And, and that's where I have to put up my hands and say, I don't know. I have no idea. But I yeah. think it's it's clear at this point that something needs to change. If Soul it's, can do it, you can do it too. But, like, I mean, they tried, and I it think inherently... Take two years. 
it did it did 100 and i you have to kind of give that criticism to them but they they let go of fleta which was viewed as like this oh my god how could you ever do that like fleta is so good da 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 da, da. they let go of jay hong who again viewed as like the leader the the emotional leader of this team who i mean let's face it did not uh was not performing up to the standards of of the rest of this team right like they made hard decisions i think it's time for new york to to kind of really make some tough calls and i don't think it's going to be viewed uh, exciting i don't think this is going to be a fun off season for new york fans i think you're going to see a lot of mm. a lot of upheaval in terms of the fans of this franchise i i, I really do i mean I, I, I yeah but that like the okay but it's Here's not just it's not it's not a, it's not a sad thing I think it's it's exciting yeah. to look at this team and where they could go in the future. I I I the, the whatever's whatever strategy they've pinned on this roster these last three years, it, it's it's something's got to change. You, like, you you deserve a title. It it's true, but like at some point we got to step away a little bit and like bring out the good old like probabilistic determinism where it's like, am I sure? Okay that if we have the truth machine and we look at the preseason that the NYXL has doesn't have the highest probable win rates in of most scenarios could they actually be doing more or are they just drawing bad intangible factors such as maybe like where the franchise is uh, located where um like Who's their playoff matchup is? What kind of meta they hit? Um, Three seasons in a row, though. I, I mean, it's it's less of an argument now in the third season. I think they also already made drastic changes in season three. They got a new head coach. They like they did change a lot of the starting players. If anything, the I agree to the point that the okay. inertia to make these changes, for instance, like straight up, NYXL with Bianca looks like a better team than with Hoppa. Why was that not implemented earlier? I don't for know. instance, for to I me anyway, know. like that's my outward, just like sure. uh, perception of, of how that team plays. It's a very sure. different team uh, if you play with and Bianca, right? I mean, it's a very different team looking at this coach versus last coach. Like the the comparison across the seasons from on my end isn't necessarily like fair, but it's fair when you look at like the pattern of like you're you you should be worth so much more. You are a title contending team. And last year you did kind of show that third place. I think people often forget like this is this team does not choke guys. I'm sorry. You don't get third place in the Overwatch League in one of the most competitive seasons in 2019. Hello. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. With this kind of talent, recruiting Hawksall, having Nene, Sabiolbi still showing at least he has something left in yeah. the tank. Libero. That you, yeah. you are you have a embarrassment of riches to the degree of the san francisco shock and yeah. what what happened what happened look often like when i think about these things they, i come to this conclusion where either like you just outspent the shock or you wake up to the reality that there's exactly one crusty in the in the world there's no sure. two, not two i agree there is nobody that can transform teams to that degree. And I don't think there is a head coach that you could get that uh, would necessarily transform a team like Krusty is able to. Probably not. Like, Probably if, not. if I t 
I'm very confident that whatever, like maybe it's not the person crusty, maybe it's the system crusty. Sure. Whoever is around him. But I'm I'm rather confident that if you took that unknown entity of whatever mm. produces excellence at the shock and moved it over to the NYXL, they would be doing shock yep. shock stuff. It'd be they'd be making all kinds of mogul moves. Like this is a team that has the pieces for whatever reason. And again, it's not NYXL's fault. It's not who are you's fault. It's no player's fault on this team. There's something why they're at the top or just inherently like moldy at the bottom of the fridge that just needs to get cleaned out. I don't know what it is. It's there's no it's not this kind of nefarious, like no attitude problem. It doesn't. That's not the feeling I get from this. There is just something that is has been tried and it is proven not to succeed at the highest level. I'll also just tell you straight up like that. There, there have been football players, for instance, and maybe those names mean something to you, but like. There have been amazing football players in the last 10 years and the only fault in their play or in in the or the only thing why they never got to win the Ballon d'Or is that they got they were born in the same era of Cristiano Ronaldo sure. and Lionel Messi. You That's their you, you only fault that. that you could legitimately like that is the the most dominant duo at, like of football ever. Yep. And being compared to them is not fair to a degree. No. And I feel outliers. like we're getting to that direction slowly but surely with whatever Krusty is doing. Sure. I think I, I that is that is a fair criticism. That is that is definitely something you could levy across like a lot of teams that have championship winning rosters but somehow can't get it done. When you're compared to somebody as great as Krusty looks like he's going to become and already has been. I think he's only going up from here. Especially when we get to 2021. Um, yeah. He might just be the the John Jones versus the Gustafson. The, the Ronaldo versus... Mm. Help me. I don't know. I can't name you another like halfway good. Sure. Uh, Cristiano and Messi. Yeah. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Like it might just be the exception. Simple as that. Um, yeah. Clean out your fridge, NYXL. You can do so that's much what, more. That's what Joe I, said. They Clean deserve a title. Fridge. They do. You guys deserve a title. They do. Well, at uh, least get second. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna call it. We're gonna cap it at this one. Uh, thanks everyone for hanging out. Of course, we're gonna be back on Wednesday. Uh, I think I don't know what we're gonna talk about. There's a lot to talk about. Um, mm. So yeah. uh, we're gonna be going. Schedules might look a little bit different for the next month with um, no preview and and post sure. maxes and matches and stuff. So we'll keep you posted there. We also owe you some game nights, so we will um, have yeah, more sure. info about that yep. on Wednesday. We need to chat about it. Uh, but big thanks to everybody yep. uh, who hung out today, and a big thank you to our patron producers, Refined Bean, Ferdino Pin, Battle Crab, Kuchikopi, Lotion, Rex Zane, Audio Compass, Chikasha67, Shara, Nathan, Your Misery, Hunter Tane, Fabled Steven, Roger B, Owen, Chris R34444, Horbjorn, I listened to the podcast whilst on the toilet and in the shower thinking of Yiska, and Peace Camper, Thanks so much for supporting the show. Go to patreon.com slash tactical crouch if you want to support. A big thank you to the new subs, Yiska Out, Boohow, Flux Punk, uh, Fussel Kaffer. Is that a German word? Fussel Kaffer? I've never heard. No, I don't okay. think it is. I don't, I don't know. I always get worried when there's something that looks like it might be in a different language because I don't want to like yeah, be yeah. saying right. something. It, is most, it looks most certainly German, but I have no idea what that means. Um, and I saw the F and the K in there. I'm like, uh, uh -oh. Yeah. oh, well, 
Okay, it actually is German. Yeah. And then Chunk Boy coming in with the 200 bits and Skeptical Cly back. Thanks so much for supporting. Um, if you got a sub, leave it Thank here. You. It is September. If you haven't subbed here before, 20% off a sub for the rest of September. So, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I think other than that, we are uh, ready to get out of here. Uh, Joe, shoutouts for the week. Where can people find you? What's going on? Um, some some fun things on the horizon. Um, probably will be out this uh, week. Uh, but in terms of stuff that you can readily expect from GG Recon, um, doing some some Valorant content uh, by the end of today. Actually, uh, looking at the last what what at least I assume to be the last uh, Ignition Series event for Europe um, in Valorant, and then uh, I think I found. I think I found a curse, guys. I think the Overwatch League's a little, a little curse. I think we got some superstitions a brewing, oh. um, which we'll get to uh, this week. Um, and yeah, some playoff, some some flood of love, all that good stuff. So stay tuned. Yes, good. What about you? Um, so I had a tweet recently pop, which basically talked about the future of esports broadcasting and how it seems to be traveling towards um more compartmentalized and like companion streamy things and i'm wanting to explore that of course like technology we gotta get all of that figured out it's probably more of a, a law issue or whatever um we're trying to find out what the future of esports broadcasting will look like mm. interesting cool uh, as for me, um, stream rebrand is done and all that stuff is done, which is awesome. New computer is built and just waiting on the graphics card. You can't decide between the 3080 or 3090 at this point. It's going to be a tough one. We'll have to see. Uh, but you can find all my stuff, uh, right at kick tripod everywhere, except YouTube is youtube.com slash kick tripod YT. Uh, a lot of good conversations going on about in our Discord, especially if you're more into like the tech, general gaming, mechanical keyboards, audio, streaming type stuff. Uh, that's discord.me slash kicktripod if you want to come hang out and join there. Other than that, uh, big thanks to everybody who hung out. We'll see you on Wednesday. Have a good one. Bye.